My name is Georgia Berkovich, and I'm the Director of Public Affairs for the Midnight Mission. So what inspired you to get involved with the Midnight Mission? Well, I got sober in 1993, and I got involved in a 12-step group that was doing service work here because the person who had founded our 12-step group had been an employee with the Midnight Mission since the 70s, since 1974. And so um, being in recovery myself, I'd always had a fear of being homeless. I was uh, raised, I, I mean, I say poor, but I have a whole different idea of what poor is now that I work at the Midnight Mission. But I was raised in a, a, a place where I, I did not feel secure. So homelessness was always a fear of mine. I don't have a big family. And um, and so when I got sober, the group I was involved with was coming down here on holidays and serving meals. And so I started doing that just to be of service. And the more I volunteered here, the more I was drawn to come back. And so I've been an employee now since 2010. What are some of the things uh, the Midnight Mission does? So we provide immediate subsistence, uh, which we call our emergency services. Three meals a day, every day, 365 days a year. We serve almost a million meals a year. We have restrooms that are open to the public 24-7. And uh, we are one of two places where people can use facilities 24-7, which is a lot. Uh, it's a it's a great need in Skid Row. There's about 5,000 people who are homeless in Skid Row. We have mail services. We have a barber shop. We have a library. We have music and art programs. And all of those things are open to anyone in the community. And then we have a drug and alcohol recovery program for homeless people who are trying to get sober. And then we have something called crisis and bridge housing, which is to help homeless people get access to services that are um, can get them back into housing more quickly. And then we have a uh, family living facility in the South Bay of Los Angeles where we house homeless families. How important is helping people who are homeless with their mental health? Well, that is certainly a big issue. Um, and sometimes I don't know what comes first. Is it they're homeless as a result of their mental health, or they become homeless through, I mean, there's so many different reasons people become homeless. And does the mental health issues, do the mental health issues follow? But yes, mental health is is a huge part of recovery from homelessness. And I, while I was uh, <laughs> researching about the Midnight Mission, I see uh, you're doing a lot of different videos and all that. How important is it to, you know, share this message out to a larger audience? Yeah, I think that that's really important. There's so many myths about homelessness. And I, I'll just give you one that is one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> when One is, you know, there's some people who really don't want help. And it may look like that on the surface. If I walked out to the street right now and I walked up to somebody and I said, hi, do you, do you want help? You want to come inside? They would say, no, thank you. I'm a stranger. And the help that I'm offering 
is not what they think I'm offering. You know, like that, what they hear is, you know, we see things through our experiences and our opinions. And, um, and so what they, what I'm saying is help, they may not hear it the same way. So what has to happen is we have to build relationships with people. And I think that those old ideas about what a homeless person is, um, needs those myths need to be smashed because homeless people are you or me divided by circumstance. They, there isn't some, the homeless, there is a homeless person, um, you know, named John, or, you know, there's a homeless person named Jane, but, um, how important it is to get that message out is to get people to see that, um, people experiencing homelessness are, were once filled with hope and wonder, just like you and me. They are you or me. And so we do meet your neighbor Monday where we introduce you to somebody in the community and um, and tell you a little bit about them. And I think the more that we see that they aren't so different than us, uh, the more help we can get for those folks on the street. Well, you see a lot of this good happening firsthand. How does it feel when you, you know, see someone happy with just, you know, the stuff you're doing. Yeah, I think, you know, some people uh, will say, isn't it hard working under those circumstances in the hardest skid row, you know, there's 5000 people homeless just in these 50 square blocks. But the thing that keeps us coming back is when we see people who are being helped by our services who are being restored to self sufficiency who are reconnected with their families. Um, and even on a smaller scale, when we see that uh, folks come in and enjoy a meal, just be able to sit down at a table and enjoy a meal and sit across from somebody and maybe have a conversation that doesn't have to uh, be filled with fear and wonder if that person's out to get them, you know, a safe place to have a meal. And then we have our art and music programs where people can enjoy music and dance and feel free. And it, it, it's a place where people can feel safe. And so to experience that joy in our guests is one of the greatest joys of my life. Can you tell me a little bit more about the art and music programs? Sure. Um, I, I have a really good life today and I need music every single day. And so when I started working here, I thought, what about those folks who are experiencing essentially their worst day over and over again, and not having any access to art or music. And so we started this little music program where I brought down any, any one of my friends who played a musical instrument got a call from me, like, will you please come down and play? And because music is so powerful, it took on a life of itself. And then people started calling me and saying, hey, I'm in a band, can I come and play? you know, hey, I, I play guitar. And so it went from being once a month to being once a week. What art or music, how does that make a difference in someone's life? And the way it makes a difference is that if, if people can have those moments of sweetness in the midst of, of such trauma and fear and um, just terror, um, these moments of sweetness can help build hope. And if someone feels just a little bit of hope, they may be more apt to ask for help. And if they ask for help, then we're there. And we have, you know, um, a lot of ways that we can help either help people here or get them connected to the services that they need. And also during that hour and a half of art or music, 
um, we get to connect with people at a whole different level. You know, most homeless people are used to having people not look at them, yeah. not engage with them. And in this case, um, it's a shared experience. You know, music is a great equalizer, just like pain. When we're listening to music, we're all the same. We're all on the same level. And so it's this um, sacred space for us to meet and get to know each other. And back to the, the comment earlier is to build those relationships. So when we ask somebody if they want help, maybe instead of saying no, this time they say yes, because now we have a relationship and they trust us. Yeah, how important is a tool like empathy? Oh my gosh, it's everything. You know, we you have to be able to um you have to genuinely love people. You have to be able to put yourself in someone else's position. I think um I think that's really important because just because it seems simple to me, the solution seems simple to me, it may to someone else or um, just seeing things through different people's eyes and the people who are living on our streets, uh, either before they became homeless or definitely since being homeless have experienced horrific trauma and, you know, just simply getting out of bed or getting up from the street where they've slept the night before and getting a shower and getting dressed is, is really a challenge. It's not, it's not that easy to, you know, sell yourself at a job interview. You know, why don't they just get a job? Well, okay. First they have to, you know, have a good night's sleep. Where do you get a good night's sleep? Get a good shower, get dressed, and then have that self-esteem to be able to promote your yourself, you know? So. What are some of the things that motivate you? Um. Well, I think my greatest motivation is is in helping others. You know, I sought my whole life. I was always looking for happiness. You know, where's my happiness? How am I going to be happy? I just want to be happy. That idea. And, and it always seemed like happiness was always eluding me. I was always so close. Once this situation gets worked out, once work is okay, once finances are okay, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. And it wasn't until... Um, I came to work here really that I learned to in setting aside my happiness and looking to be of service to other people. The byproduct is happiness. The byproduct of helping others is joy. And so um, there is great joy in making a difference in someone else's life. And I think, you know, I've heard a lot of the musicians who come here say this, and I know our staff says this, that, uh, that we are healed and helping others to heal as well. Where would you like to see the organization next, say three to five years? Um, it's That's a good question. I was just meeting, we have a brand new president and CEO. Um, he just started August 1st. His name is David Prentice. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been an employee here for a while though. So he he understands what we do and um, and has you know, a lot of experience with homelessness and recovery and our recovery program is a big part of what we do. And so um, something we're working on right now is expanding our recovery services into the Valley. Right now we're in the heart of Skid Row at Six and San Pedro. And so 
it's a difficult area to try and recover from drug drug and alcohol abuse because it, it you walk outside and there's somebody out there right now waiting to sell you something. And so we're we're opening up a recovery place in the valley where we'll, it'll be uh, men and women's recovery. And so that's something that we're working on in the next three to five years. Um, we're working on, you know, just trying to improve our services to the community. Something that I really love about what the Midnight Mission does and has been doing since 1914 is that we've continued to grow and change as the needs of our homeless community continue to grow and change. You know, at first, when we first started, it was mostly white middle-aged men who were coming to us for services and and the demographics have changed over the years and in the 80s we saw more women in the 90s we saw more families and that's when we opened our uh home light family living program when we we saw we needed to address more of the families that were homeless and then we started seeing more and more women who are homeless so we opened our women's crisis and bridge housing and and so i think you know it's just really staying up to date with um, what the needs are. And because we're not reliant on government money, we can, you know, um, adjust our services to um, address the most uh, critical needs of our community. How can people reach out and learn more? They can go to our website, um, midnightmission.org. And we are on every social media platform, including TikTok. We're fairly new to TikTok, but we're doing a lot of great videos of volunteers here and more of those meet your neighbor kind of features where we, we introduce you to someone in the community that you might not meet otherwise, um, somebody who's unhoused and um, you get to know a little bit about them. So we're on every social media site, our website. Uh, if you're interested in volunteering, you can email volunteer at midnightmission.org. If you're interested in donating, you can do that through our website. And uh, there's a ton of ways to volunteer and get involved. Mm -hmm.